Hello, and welcome back to Now Screaming, episode 103. I'm Evan Gilbertson. And I'm Liz Smart. And we're watching all the horror movies currently available for streaming on the internet. So you don't have to. This week we're talking about the 2012 cult horror favorite, American Mary, written and directed by the Soska Sisters, which comes to us from Shudder. Yeah, Shudder. Yeah. So we wrote this on the roulette. A, a million years ago. Yeah, much <laughs> Put it off a million times. But we are now able to talk about this, again, Canadian cult favorite that I've heard so much about over the years. Mm-hmm. And we're going to spoil the hell out of it, if, if, every, if anyone's forgotten about what we do here on this podcast. Have you forgotten? I'm, I, may, I had to remind myself that we are going to spoil the hell out of this movie. So would you recommend it before we kind of hop in? I think so. I think I it's a lot too. of fun. I think it's a lot of fun. I, I enjoyed it a lot more than I expected to. With the caveat that it is, in fact, a rape revenge movie. It, it is. is also a pretty gnarly body horror movie. Very gnarly. If that, um, you know, squicks you out, do not uh, indulge. No. I will say I am proud of us unintentionally. I think we have only done rape revenge movies directed by women. Is that true? Wow. I can only think of one we've done. Which is Revenge. Revenge. Yeah, Revenge. 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 I love that movie. I'm into this Have we done any others? I don't think so. I think that's good. That's a good good trend. Good job, us. (laughs) Excellent work. So yeah, American Mary. You want to talk a little bit about it? Uh, Sure. Should we just jump into the plot? Yeah. Um, Well, I'll say, actually, first of all, this movie stars Catherine Isabel, who I think is a... I don't know if people consider her a scream queen, but I think she... One, absolutely is. And two, like, is a very underrated Scream Queen. I'd say she's definitely a a horror icon. I feel like the Scream Queen phrase kind of missed her. And I feel like she isn't talked about that way. That's why I, but I I just still feel like, maybe it's just because she's not like a final girl. Yeah, she's more, she's juicier roles than that. Yes, because she's, you know, she's Ginger and Ginger Snaps. I thought it was funny that she's Ginger and Ginger Snaps. She's Mary and American Mary. <laughs> she's in Freddy vs. Jason, which yes, we talked about on the podcast. we did talk about that. And then she's a pretty big character in season two of Supernatural. I love her character. She's I, also in the Hannibal TV show. Oh my God, she is. She's Margot. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's very interesting. She doesn't have the, the final girl thing that a lot of other Scream Queens do, but she has a very solid place in horror that I love. And she's, you know, she's got a very interesting, striking face and very recognizable face. Yeah, I think she's wonderful in this. I think she's wonderful in general. I think that this is a movie that needs its titular Mary to really carry things. Yes. Through both, I'm making it sound very intimidating, like um, both emotionally and like there's an element of, of levity to this. I was going to say, it's very camp. I think this yeah. and Ginger Snaps are very camp, but she's still sells the emotion of both of the roles. Yeah, I think this is a tough this is a tough role because yes. it requires we should say this is a movie about how doctors are insane. True. <laughs> uh, this movie is about a med student named, named Mary, Mary Mason. <laughs> Mary Mason. I love that name too. It's great. Can we say it's kind of two pronged. I would say that her this is a very interesting movie plot wise because I don't think it follows an easy structure of like action, you know, rising action, climax, falling action. Like she's a med student. She needs money. She's super poor. Um, and so she does a couple kind of shady things to get money that kind of t- throws her into the a world, an underground world of body modification. Yes. But then also parallel to that, 
she attends a kind of get together party. I think she thinks it's going to be like socializing and networking, but it turns out that it's much darker than that um, by some doctors that she are mentoring her, teaching her. And she gets like raped and filmed at this, drugged, raped and filmed at this party. Yeah. Um, And so, and these events, they do converge, but they're very parallel. That exacts her revenge. On um, her professor. And quits med school. We're just going through the plot here, but I think that's okay. Quits med school and becomes a black market body modification doctor. Mm-hmm. Um, and they love, the people love her. She's like really good at it. She seems to have kind of both like a talent that she, she wanted to be a surgeon. That's also part of it. She's yeah. like, she's very talented. She spends all of her, you know, she stays up all night, you know, suturing chickens back together, <laughs> you know? And, um, but that she also has clearly this sort of, how to say this, like a thirst, a touch of, you know, what am I trying to say here? She's got a darkness to her. Yeah. There's like, um, she breaks bad. She like decides to enact this really gruesome revenge scheme and drop out of med school kind of on a dime. Um, yeah. Once she kind of gets a better offer in a way that feels exaggerated in a horror way, in a very knowing horror film way. But yeah, like this character was maybe predisposed to do something crazy. Yes. She's got, she just has something to her that's like, wow, she's not afraid to get her hands dirty. The way that she kind of gets into this world, and this is where the exaggerated thing, I totally think that's the, a good word to use because this movie is interestingly exaggerated in very specific yeah. instances um, where she, she needs money. She's super behind on like her rent and her med school debt and all these yeah. different things. She, like her cell phone keeps getting turned off and she's trying to get a hold of her grandmother in Russia. Uh, Eastern Europe. Vague. Yeah. Um, but she's like signs up to go strip at a strip club. And while she's there, they have some sort of underground situation gone wrong. And they're like, Hey, you, you, you're going to be a surgeon, right? Get down there and help him and we'll give you $5,000. Yeah. The strip club proprietor is clearly involved in some, you know. Underground shit. Like yeah. mob shit, yeah. basically. Uh, he, I don't know. It's never really explained, which is fine. But he seems kind of like a dabbler in this world. Yeah, you know, he he's not have really an good at it. He's he not good at it. He doesn't seem like he's trafficking drugs or even humans. No, it's very unclear what he's really doing. But one of his associates needs to be sewed back up. Once she performs this favor, uh, it's not a favor, it's for quite a bit of money, mm-hmm. um, she doesn't end up stripping. She just gets enough money to do this that she can, you know, yep. suffice for now. But the strip club proprietor, Billy, played by Antonio Cupo, mm-hmm. gives her information to one of the girls who dances there. Mm-hmm. Named Beatrice. Beatrice, who... Her appearance in this film is um, a true revelation. It is. Because I will say that up to this point, there's already been a little bit of weirdness of like this world isn't quite like our world or it's it's just slightly off it's just, her professor will like call her on her cell phone and, and be like, stop fucking up. don't fuck up anymore. And like, it, so there's, there's, it's not real. <laughs> there's, there's no realism to this movie already from the get. Yeah. But this was a sign of like, oh, wow, things are really different than I expected, which is that Beatrice has a face like a China doll. 
Is that how you'd kind of describe it? Yeah. Well, she's supposed to look like Betty Boop. Right. So she's Beloved got, she's had her. 30s, you know. Right. Sex icon. Um, she, yeah, she, her face has been re-sculpted to make her cheekbones like really high. Her eyes very like contoured? almond and contoured and, and, um, yeah, her nose is a little button. And then her lips are that kind of perfect Cupid's bow. Um, car- she's, she looks like a, a doll, like a cartoon. Yeah. Um, she, it's very jarring at first. And she, her body is sculpted too, but in a more like, we, we, we have seen what people who'd get, you know, um, plastic surgery look like. Yeah. But She shows up in Mary's apartment and uh, won't leave and is basically like, listen... I'll give you 10 grand if you help out a friend of mine who needs some body modifications, you know. That, like, no other doctors will do. We need some help. Um, At least show up. Mary shows up in a veterinary clinic where they're doing this underground uh, thing. Everybody is deeply, deeply fucked up on drugs. Yeah, another another supernatural actor in that scene, actually. It's just so funny. I can't escape supernatural. (laughs) I can't. I love it. It's, It's wonderful to me. But this woman wants this this friend of of Beatrice's wants her nipples and genitals removed to the extent possible so that she could be a doll. Yeah, like a Barbie doll. She has a whole speech about how like dolls without their clothes on are not sexualized because they don't have like the parts to be sexualized. Which like I don't necessarily agree with that. I don't think a naked Barbie doll is unsexualized. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I just yeah. don't, I don't look at a naked Barbie doll and go like, oh yes, that's just a, you know, that she still has boobs and a butt. I don't know. It's just like, it, it seems weird to me to be like, oh yes, this, this naked Barbie doll is completely unsexual. I don't think this woman's logic really follows. And again, we don't have to get into the specifics of the, the details of the body modifications, but I don't know that she's thought this through. No, it doesn't. And there's no explanation of like, if you sew up this woman's vagina how is she gonna pee? I just said how we were is gonna she talk gonna about it. I just I feel like we have to we have to say it because the movie does not acknowledge it acknowledge it at all. And I think it's it, again it, it plays into like how unreal this movie feels. It's it's not based in reality at all. Sure, but she does it. She does apparently like a successful enough job that uh, the woman who she um, does the job on Ruby Real Girl is her name. Yeah. Um, She's, like, very famous in the body mod community because she's also done the whole, like, face, lips, boobs, etc. thing. She's very dolled up. Yeah. Um, So she's pretty famous in the community. And so she's like, I want to put pictures of myself on my website. I'll credit you. And (laughs) Mary's kind of like, please don't. Like, I don't want anyone coming to me and asking me to do this. So it's kind of like, at that point, you're sort of like, okay, she's reached the end of this road. She'll do this favor, but she's not really interested in, like, participating but then of course like we said before the doctors abuse and rape her she then enlists the help of her strip club owning mob friend to kidnap torture keep alive and then use dr grant who her mean professor who who raped her um for her like not her real, but like for uh her yeah lookbook, her book her lookbook right she to, like experiments on him basically yeah, to do all kinds of fucked up body modification stuff so that she has like a portfolio because now she's quitting med school and she's doing this. Yeah. So then we have not quite a montage, but a sequence of the movie where she is meeting with 
clients and doing all kinds of things. And she goes the from like, sisters, like yeah, she cameo. goes from like zero to. 120 like so fast yeah we see her it's actually i, I love the scene because she, she shows up at the strip club and i don't know if she throws something at him um billy barker but she says like want to make 10k or something and then the next thing you see she's at her apartment and she's uh, done a tongue splitting for someone who's like really happy about it and another guy is there looking at her book and he's like I was thinking maybe a piercing and she's like a piercing and she like <laughs> yells the bodyguard's name and he comes in and tosses the guy out like she's like not interested in like this vanilla shit she's like I want to do some fucked up shit to people's bodies to be fair you can go to a tattoo shop or a piercer Correct. to get a piercing done you don't need black market surgery right she's doing like like again tongue splitting I even think you can get uh tongue splitting done like pretty easily I think it's like things like I remember she's looking at like um like uh what was the voluntary amputation? Is that there are people who are like literally take off my arm or my leg or my hand yes, or whatever. Insert things um under my skin, like silicone under my skin to give me horns. Mm-hmm, that's she really removes big. an arm and puts it on someone else, she grafts it onto someone else, they mm-hmm. they swap arms. Um, well, that's that's what I was actually thinking earlier about the Saska sisters and they're they're you know the directors, but they're also in this. Yeah. Um, they play these like really deeply um, body mod twins um, who have like the corset backs, which I had seen before. And um, I also want to say real quick that this is all practical effects or mm-hmm. actual people from the body mod community. Yeah, which is really cool because I mean, it means that this, there's yeah. some level of like acceptance of this movie in the body mod community. Um, which is cool, but like they don't have anything to do with the plot. That's what I think is so interesting is yeah. that like this is where the movie is really fascinating because it doesn't feel like it's like action leads to action leads to action. It's just sort of like a little TV show reel of like a couple of her experiences where she like, yeah. but the, the, them showing up and them being like, we really want to like split. They they're they're taking off each other's arms to have each other's arms. And what was the other thing they're doing? They're doing the horns. They just want to be like demons, right? That's kind of, they show her like a picture of like a devil. And they're like, we want to like be like this so that when we're dead, our bodies will kind of like live on in this demonic way that is shared. But again, nothing to do with the actual plot of this movie. No, let's talk about the rest of the plot. Because there's not a lot for us to talk about, honestly. I think that there's, there's a lot for us to talk about, but not in terms of the plot. Right. Um. She kidnapped and is, like, torturing her professor. So the detectives are looking for this doctor right. in the community. Um, so she has a couple encounters with the detectives as she's continuing to get deeper and deeper into this world. It turns out that Ruby's husband, husband is very upset with her for... Yeah, we didn't really have an indication that she was removing... just going to do this without talking to him, but it appears that she did. Yeah, uh, for removing her genitals for sewing her vagina shut um and there's drama it gets mixed up in this world yeah uh but he shows up to kill her essentially yes i think it kind of fumbles the ending it culminates yeah, it's in, very quick yeah uh, he attacks her and they fight each other they fight each other and she ends up dying and the detectives discover her laboratory right she's like trying he he stabs her and she winds up in her little secret lab um trying to like sew her like suture herself but she doesn't succeed and so there's obviously some stuff there about like you know her skill as a surgeon or her whatever like i don't know what if there's supposed to be some level of meaning in that like if the movie's trying to suggest that she wasn't 
that good a surgeon or that like she you was know, so good but you can't save yourself or something like that like I don't I know. honestly can't tell and I think that's why I was a little let down by the ending again of a movie that I quite liked yeah me too because I feel like it just kind of ends abruptly yeah I, I feel like it stopped telling a story and just kind of became a hangout movie which again I want to say like I'm cool with that I yeah. like that and I do like that in horror yeah um I felt like Mary's story could have gone somewhere and it decided not to. I agree. And so I was like a little like, oh, this like, you know, ended prematurely and it was unfortunate. I agree. It almost feels, it almost like makes it feel more like realistic. Like that's, that's, that's the most realistic thing about it is just that like, she's just going through life. She's at the very beginning of her career. She's like, she's going to become like a huge member of the body mod community. And she's kind of, She's kind of gotten away with the Grant stuff. Like, not really, but Not really, because the detectives are still... But and like, she kills the other... She kills the security guy, right? Isn't that what happens? He, like, finds her. Yeah. Um, but she's like, you know, I think she could. I think the suggestion is that she's like, she could get away with it. Um, it's sort of collapsing around her, but, like, instead of it... Instead of that being what brings her down, it's just her actual first surgery... That she never had any indication this was going to be a problem. And then he just shows up to murder her. And it's very like, it's not random because we've gotten little reminders throughout that this happened and he's mad about it. And he's hunting her and trying to find her like through Beatrice, etc. But it's not, again, it doesn't feel like part of the main story. So when it happens, it's kind of like, oh, that's that's how this movie's going to end. That's how she's going to die. Not like taken by the detective or in some no. big shootout it's with kind, him. It's kind like, of an anticlimax. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's interesting. That aside, I still, I still do recommend this movie. I like this movie quite a bit. Me I too. think that, again, it's got like a, honestly, like this like punk rock indie energy that like sometimes feels amateurish mm-hmm. and sometimes feels just like endearingly low budget. Yeah, there are some really interesting kind of um, foibles, especially at the very beginning. There's like a really interesting scene where it's what it's like literally the first scene where she's in class and her cell phone goes off and then her professor kind of gives her a look and then it goes off again and it's specifically about like her phone getting turned off like it's important but then her professor like calls her down at the end of class and is like you can't be falling asleep in my class and says some shit to her about that and it's like was that a script change yeah that like and then they changed the scene so it was just a really interesting moment of like did this mean did you mean for this to happen like what a strange mistake to make yeah and i think but it really adds to the like low budget realness of this elements of the script i think are also like a little too busy like her grandma dies they're off screen oh yeah that's very silly there's another doctor whose party the house was at and billy gets involved with like it just kind of overcomplicates things in a way that feels like you know, this isn't their debut, but it was pretty soon after they right. started making movies. So, like, the kind of things that you work out with time and, again, with a, a higher budget that, again, like, I don't want to rag on this movie. I really enjoyed the experience of watching it. Me too. And it totally makes sense that, like, I'm using this semi-ironically, but, like, this has become, like, a girl boss, like, embrace of, like, well, good for her. <laughs> I did literally write in my notes that this is just a different and possibly better version of promising young woman (laughs) i know that's like my soapbox but like the way that that she actually like she's a med student and she gets raped and she literally it's literally promising young woman so maybe this was doing promising young woman she literally is the promising young woman (laughs) 
but she actually gets raped and, uh, you know, enacts her revenge in a very surgical way. So, you know, maybe we didn't need that ever at all. I can't believe that. I did not put that together. Crack the case so wide open. Interesting. I also want to give a quick shout out to Lance, uh, Billy's bodyguard, who ends up becoming Mary's bodyguard. Oh my God, he's the best. The MVP. I love him so much. When she, when she screams his name for him to come get the guy, he yeah. kind of just busts his way into the room. And then he's like extremely dedicated to her. When they're hanging out in booths talking. Yeah. Like, I love God, Lance. I love him. Literally the best character of this movie. So I do have some fun trivia for this. Um, cool. The Soska sisters' parents remortgaged their house in order to raise money to finance this film. And they're both in the movie. So this is very much a Soska family affair. Um, And it was also shot in 15 days. So like legitimately like, again, that's incredible. Low budget, fast. Especially with the quality of some of this body horror stuff. Yeah. Well, and then they called in like all these people, these body mod, you know, people in the community. It's very cool. Yeah. But there's some like blood and guts in this that like looks great. Oh, for sure. And again, all the practical effects, like it's great. Um, Catherine Isabel, this role was written for her. They knew her from Josie and the Pussycats. So they all really worked on this like together from the ground up. Catherine Isabel like went to medical school. You know, like not what for all of the many years, but she went to classes and stuff to learn how to do this. She actually sutured that that chicken or whatever. Uh, Billy Barker was named in tribute to Clive Barker. So there's definitely some, you know, horror love and uh, dedication in this movie. I really want to see more from the Zoska sisters because I know that they did a remake of Cronenberg's Rabbit a couple years ago that I still haven't seen. But I have not seen anything else from them, and I am interested in what their projects look like. Because I do think that they clearly, from this film, have, like, a really gross, in a good way, like, embrace of the horror things about horror. There's no, like, surface-level Trojan horsing here. This is a nasty movie for people who love horror movies that want to be grossed out and... Like embrace the camp. Well, I think it um it's interesting too because it really walks the line for me because I've said this about other movies that I don't like. It's a very like post nineties thing for me. I don't know why it doesn't feel like it was something that happened in the um seventies and eighties and uh, even the nineties that like Grindhouse and like gore and all of that in for some reason in like you know, the olden days earlier than the past 20 years feels like true to the art. And then something happened in the thousands where a lot of like men decided to want to gross me out in a way that I find like really repulsive. It reminds me of when we, we talked about this, I believe ages and ages ago when we watched ABCs of death, Yeah, that there are a lot of segments of that, of those, um, a lot of those, um, anthology movies that I'm like, stop just trying to be gross for no reason. Which just to full disclosure, they did direct a segment of ABCs of death too. Which one? Did, oh, of, of two. Yeah. Which That's we interesting. Seen. Yeah, no, but I, there's a lot of directors who want to do that where I'm like, this movie is just the whole thing takes place in a dirty warehouse and there's broken heroin needles everywhere. And there's something about it. That's just like gross and I don't like that. And I don't know why, but this movie walks the line in a really interesting way where it is very gross. Yeah. It is very dark. It is very, um, I always think of it as like the bowels of society. Like it's underground black yeah. market. Like sometimes that can really be 
repulsive in a bad way, in a way where I'm like, stop just trying to be gross for no reason, just because you want to freak people out and disgust them. Like there's something about intent that really comes through in a lot of these movies where the, the want, the, the want to like thrill and disgust, but in a way that is positive versus like wanting to thrill and disgust in a way that's like mean. Yeah. Absolutely. And it really comes through. About. And this is really on the side that is like loving and respectful and, and interesting and not just cruel. And, but, but it, but it is gross and it is living in that world. I actually wrote down at one point that like this, it, I don't know where this is supposed to take place. I know this movie is Canadian. I don't know if it's supposed to take place in Canada or in America and what city, but it almost feels like Gotham-y. Yeah. And that there's like a lot of horror movies that seem to just take Batman place. Batman Gotham. Ba- Batman Gotham. Yeah, right. J- just, just the concept of Gotham that's like, it's not a real place. It's just sort of a dark, dirty, grimy place where crime- a shitty just, city. Shitty city. Crime just happens. It's awful. And it's horrifying. Um, but that there's a lot of horror that just seems to take place in this nebulous, yeah. fake, gross, disgusting, dirty city. Um, but that sometimes it feels really- awesome and i feel like in this movie it really does this is long-winded but this it made me think a lot about this style of horror yeah. this sort of like heavy metal um sexy woman because i we really talked about it Catherine isabel is extremely sexy in this movie like both on purpose obviously she's supposed to be and also just because Catherine isabel is a sexy woman she's beautiful yeah um but she's like she's not only like a great surgeon who's really good at what she does and is a little dark and twisted. Um, she's also like wearing the tiniest lab coat ever made, like almost the yes. entire movie. <laughs> so like, and occasionally corsets and stuff. Exactly. Like, hot topic chic. Exactly. And so there's something about it. That's a very like in someone else's hands. I wouldn't have liked this movie at all. I don't think, because I, I think totally that agree. that kind of that, that can often really turn me off that heavy metal, uh, sexy 2000s thing like a little too edgelordy yes exactly and hot topicy, like you just said and again it's why i am interested in their work and excited to see them make more movies and again i want to see their cronenberg remake because yeah i agree that in someone else's hands this would fall flat for me it's sort of like what we talked about with um what's his name the repo and um darylin bowsman darylin bowsman that it's the same sort of thing that like it's it's really inauthentic it's really try hard and that's the, that's the thing about it that can be bad to me yeah. is it doesn't come across as like naturally sexy or naturally scary or naturally gross. It's like, look at how gross and hot we're being. And I'm like, that's not interesting to me. But this, for some reason, really threaded that needle so perfectly to me. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough to put your finger on like why some things work. I think that, you know, it's about it off. there's something authentic about it. There's yeah. something about like true love and... um care yeah i do say their abcs of death 2 segment is called tia's for torture porn oh my god that makes me very interested actually i'm curious whether or not i would watch it and be like this is exactly what i hate or whether i'd be like wow they really took something that i hate and can turn it into something that i like i for one will not be watching that film (laughs) Uh, abcs of death 2 i really abcs of death 1 certainly didn't sell us on it we had a horrible time horrible time i maybe believe we liked one segment of that podcast. entire thing uh maybe someday we can do like a we could return to it if we ever feel like making ourselves truly miserable again among the least fun i've ever had with podcast movie yeah well it's hard i mean even though even if we liked an anthology movie they're really hard to do for a podcast especially if it's 26 yeah anyway are you ready to keep this 
alive on meat hooks with its mouth sewn shut. Oh, <laughs> dear God. Speaking of, totally unrealistic. There's no way he'd be hung up for that long. We've all seen Saw six, seven, <laughs> one of the Saws. <laughs> Uh, I don't know about we all. But. We've all, we've all, everybody in the whole world has seen every Saw movie just like us. That's, I know that's how it works. Uh, yes, let's, let's get out of here. Why don't you pull up that roulette and see how we can keep spooky season going? It is up. We've been watching a lot of horror movies lately. We've been real busy. We've been very busy. Let's see what, let's see what the next one is. Yeah. Our next movie will be The Ranger. Doesn't sound like a horror movie. <laughs> 2018? Yeah. This certainly is a horror movie. Where's it located? It is on Shutter. Interesting. This looks Another very interesting. Horror film directed by a woman. Perfect. Oh, we love that. Keep the keep it all going. This looks like it has a Return of the Living Dead vibe to it. That's what, the first thing I saw was Teen Punks, and that will always give me a Return of the Living Dead vibe. So I love it. I'm interested. Very exciting. I'm intrigued. Oh, look at them. They look so cute. The director of this produced a segment of ABCs of Death too. Wow, we're really keeping this ABCs of Death 2 theme just continuing. That is not on purpose. It is certainly not. We would never uh, put respect on ABCs of Death 2's name like that. We haven't seen it, to be fair. It could be great. It could be wonderful. All right. Our next movie will be The Ranger Ranger. on Shudder. But until then, you can check us out on our website at nowscreaming.com. And on Twitter and Facebook at nowscreaming. Be sure to leave us a like and a review and a rating on your podcatcher of choice and tell your friends about the podcast. Yeah. Maybe they want to know about the crazy body horror shit that we watch. Yep. Very true. Halloween's coming up. Right around the corner. Yeah. Hope everybody's got fun plans. Hope everyone's having a great time and spooky season watching all of the horror movies. Um, we have been very busy, so we're going to have a, an, at least one episode about our experiences with our, our second year with Hooptober. Yeah, I think that our plan is to do um, a bunch of episodes coming up here shortly. So we were away for a couple weeks. We're going to make up for that by inundating you with plenty of stuff. <laughs> yeah. And then, but then, you know, spooky season certainly does not end at the end of October. It does not end with Halloween. Year round for us. It's just that right now it's socially acceptable, which is always fun. <laughs> but who cares about what's socially acceptable? <laughs> not the Soska sisters. Mm-hmm. Say that much. Certainly not. Thanks, as always, to Wes Craven and to Catherine Isabel. Without whom this movie absolutely would not work. She is an icon. She is. She's a legend. Yes. Give her more roles. Put her on my screen. I want to watch her. I want to see her. All the time. Me too. All right. Until next time, everybody. Stay spooky. Stay spooky. And happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween.